Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. This episode of Intuitive Bites podcast is brought to you by my online intuitive eating courses. Take your food and body healing journey to the next level with these self-paced online courses. If you're brand new to this topic, check out my Introduction to Intuitive Eating course. If you're looking for something more comprehensive that talks about body image healing, health at every size, and intuitive eating, check about my Food Freedom 101 course. And if you're a professional in this space looking to learn more about how to do this work with your clients, but also how to do this work for yourself, check out my anti-diet approach course for professionals. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Intuitive Bites. Hey guys, welcome to episode 65 of Intuitive Bites. For this episode, I'm chatting with Jenny Weiner, who you may know from Instagram as Home Body Therapy. And we're talking about the concept of health in our culture and why it's important to create our own definition of health. So I'm really excited to share what she has to say on this topic with you guys. I also wanted to let you guys know about a couple of things I have coming up. So my monthly intuitive eating Q&A webinar is on September 18th. It's a Friday and it's from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern time. So it's one hour. It's $10 to register and you can easily register by going to my Instagram page, the intuitive underscore RD and clicking on the link in my bio. And then it'll be just the first link. It'll say register for um, the intuitive eating Q&A webinar. And like I mentioned, it's $10. If you have an issue paying that and you're interested in joining, reach out to me. You can send me a direct message on Instagram and just let me know. We can find a way to get you into the webinar anyway. Um, And then if you're interested in more individual one-on-one coaching, I am accepting new clients right now. So I do this all virtually. um, So it doesn't matter where you are. Um, You can reach out to me by going to my website. So theintuitiverd.com. Click on the work with me tab. And then there'll be a very brief form for you to submit. And that will prompt me to reach out to you. And we can set up a 15-minute consult call to just kind of chat and see if we're a good fit for working together. Um, My ideal client is typically somebody who's newer to the intuitive eating realm or has been doing it for a while but is feeling stuck. Um, And we kind of work together on um, kind of setting you up for success on your food freedom journey. I do a lot of work with clients around uh, body image related stuff, but also just getting to them, getting them to a more neutral place with food and their body. So if you're interested, definitely reach out and let's chat a little bit more. All right, guys, let's go ahead and listen into my conversation with Jenny. All right, Jenny, we're good to go. I would love to just start by having you introduce yourself and, you know, the work that you do and maybe just a little bit about how you got to where you're at. 
Yeah, thank you. Um, I my name is Jenny Weiner. I'm a health at every size therapist. I'm a licensed clinical social worker based out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um, and I have a private practice, actually a small group practice, and I work with clients struggling with disordered eating. Uh, eating disorders, body image concerns, um, as well as, you know, all the other sort of life stuff that comes along with that um, depression, anxiety, trauma. Um, and I came to this work as many of us do through my own history with disordered eating. Um, I was in and out of uh, treatment for an eating disorder for many years, um, was working in a different field actually, was uh, I went to school for art history and then studied arts administration and was working in the art world in New York. And then once I sort of hit rock bottom with my own eating disorder and other things I was working through at the time, some substance use issues and mm -hmm. um, other mental health things. Once I sort of got my footing and really got on my way to recovery, ended up switching gears, going back to school for social work to do this work myself. Um, and, you know, that all sort of came together at the same time that I was finding help at every size, which was really transformative for my recovery. Wow. How did you end up stumbling upon health at every size? So I actually came across it via Robin Noling, who um, is the real life RD on okay. social media. And she was, she wasn't even calling it health at every size at the time. Cause I don't think she even had that framework necessarily, okay. but I actually did some work with her as a client. Um, she was my nutritionist for a little while and was really the first person in all of my eating disorder treatment to say to me, like, you need to eat a lot more food, <laughs> um, you know, because I wasn't uh, in a quote unquote, like, you know, low BMI or anything like that. Um, no one ever just like stopped to tell me that, like, you need a lot more food. That's why you feel out of control around food. Um, so that was just like mind blowing and her permission really like just set me free in a lot of ways. Yeah. I feel like that's such a common experience for many people who experience disordered eating or an eating disorder in a body that, you know, culture culturally wouldn't necessarily be identified as an eating disorder because eating disorders are seen through the framework of body size. Right. <laughs> um, but like to hear that of like, no, like, yeah, like this, your struggle is valid and like you need more food and that's what, that's what your body's asking for. That's why it's behaving in these like really uncomfortable, chaotic ways, you know? <laughs> totally. And I had tried Overeaters Anonymous, like I thought I was addicted to food and um, yeah, it was just so liberating to learn like, no, you need food. <laughs> that's, um, that's a thing. And that you actually just need a lot more of it than you're made to believe you do. And that is true for most people, as it turns out, because we all live in, 
you know, diet culture. Yeah. I, I always think it's interesting to hear like how people come to this work. Cause it's like, there's, there's often a similarity in, in wh- how, why we arrive here, but there's obviously all of this nuance. And also I'm, I'm thinking about what you're saying about, um, you know, your experience with trying Overeaters Anonymous and, and that idea of like food being addictive. And I know you, you mentioned your history around like substances and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, I, I see that pattern often as well, of like viewing food through that same lens as substances are viewed and, and, and like how that's so like, I think in my experience, like so unhelpful to view it through that lens, right? Because then the answer is, you know, don't keep the trigger foods around and like eliminate harder and like, you know, just, just willpower your way through it more. (laughs) Totally. And I, I get it. I get why it's so tempting to um, sort of compare the two because there are similarities. There are like similar patterns of behavior Um, and I, yeah, I had my own experience with substance use. I've worked in substance use treatment. Um, it's just fundamentally different because we need food to live. I mean, as you know, but, um, yeah, yeah, so as, as helpful as like certain comparisons are to, to maybe like the feelings and behavior, certain behaviors, um, I think language really matters and calling it an addiction really distorts what's going on. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So Jenny, I want to transition a little bit to talking about um, the topic I wanted to chat with you about today, Mm. which is basically just this idea of health itself. And like, I guess I'd like to start with just like getting, getting your two cents on, you know, how, how our culture kind of, uh, frames health and like what that looks like because I feel like as soon as we hear health like everyone kind of has a picture in their head or has these associations um, and then I, I want to kind of get your two cents on, on as well like why how that might be harmful for some people you know culture's definition of health. Yeah I think our culture just has such a narrow definition of health, which is really the problem. I mean, I think it's useful to have like some sort of overarching general consensus of what health means, right? Again, like language does matter. It, it sort of doesn't mean anything if literally like anything can be healthy. And, um, but so the the problem really lies in just how narrowly we define that and you know in our culture that's become such a moral issue um so i work with folks a lot around like just zooming out and stepping back and taking a broader picture of health um, because it gets so narrowly defined sort of under a, under diet culture, under like capitalist culture around um, weight, body size, uh, the types of food you're eating, um, sort of all of these just like arbitrary external markers. Um, and I think we really need to sort of back that 
back up and look at like a much broader view that takes into account social determinants of health, access to healthcare, trauma, um, all of these different things that really impact like our ability to access or pursue health. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I see as kind of like the really important distinction. I'm not sure if that exactly yeah. answered your question. No, totally. I think that's so helpful because that that's true. And the thing that I think about too, with that like narrow lens and like the morality associated with health is that there's this underlying expectation that like we have full control over our health right. if we just like do it good enough or like try hard enough or you know and like I feel like there's all these like inspirational stories of people who you know totally transformed everything and whatever and then there's this idea that like again like if you just work hard enough you can do it too but then for all these people who are finding themselves unable to achieve culture's idea of health then it like instills this sense of shame of like why can't I do that or I must just not have the willpower um whereas in reality like many people can't achieve society's version of health um for lots of different reasons like the social determinants of health so um I feel like it's a very like limiting uh framework the way it's it's currently the way it currently is and then it makes it so you're kind of operating to achieve someone else's version of health and not your own definition. And maybe you don't have your own definition of health. So I guess I'm curious to hear from you, like what you, how you approach that with your clients or like, how can somebody listening, like start to formulate their own concept of like what health means to them or what health looks like to them? I think it can be really helpful to start by exploring what type of relationship you want to have with health and the concept of health, right? Like, I mean, a a version of health that is defined by obsession, rigidity, fear, um, rules, like, is that really what health means to you and what you want it to look like? if it is, you know, there is no short, there are no shortage of, you know, options and like ways for you to pursue that. But for most people, that's not how they picture health. And so I think just, just getting honest about like, what type of relationship do I want to this concept of health? And then once that's established, then you can sort of explore what tools and strategies you want to use to pursue that um yeah and that can change over time too right that could that might be fluid that might evolve yeah that's such a good point too because with with so much of this stuff it's not like just arriving at like okay this is what I want or this is what I need it's like continuing to kind of check in and and ask those questions you know as you move through different life stages and everything um something I'll often talk to my clients about too is like that it's not about the actual behavior. Like it's not about whether a certain behavior or a soup, certain food, or even like a quote unquote diety food, like if it's healthy or not, it's about like, is it being like, is it being driven by fear or, you know, is it 
being driven by like self-love and, and care, self-care um, and like kind of really identifying the intention that's behind that rather than just like putting a label on like, okay, well, this is, this is healthy and this is not healthy, you know? Totally. Yeah. Cause I mean, also this idea that like one, what, like one food or one bite can make or break health um, is just, it's so, first of all, it's just not true. And, you know, obviously, unless we're talking about like allergies or certain like serious um, conditions, but it's so easy to get so tied up on every decision, every bite and that's so stressful, like emotionally and on the body. And again, if we're zooming out and considering mental health as, you know, a part of health, like, is that really worth it? And is that bringing you closer to the version of health that you're looking for? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So Jenny, I'm curious, like, uh, what you, what advice you would give to somebody listening who, you know, has experienced shame around health, whether it's, you know, they, yeah, their current version of health, their previous version of health, what they believe they should be doing moving forward. Um, what advice would you have for that person right now? I think the number one thing or the first place to start is trying to find community who supports, you know, your healing, supports your version of health or how you relate to health. Um, It can be so isolating, especially, you know, right now as we record this, like in the pandemic, right? Like there's, we're so isolated anyway. Health has so much more sort of charge and meaning right now. And um, I think connecting with others who are similarly trying to divest from diet culture and wellness culture and just like trying to live in their bodies, you know, the sort of the best they can, like at any given moment. Um, I really can't overstate the value of that. And I've, I've seen it like time and again, when people come together around that, it's really so powerful because most people don't have that like in their immediate circles so you know that can happen online it can happen um working with like providers that support that you know to start until you sort of find other people but i think that's a really important place to start and and just to you know come back to this idea over and over that like your body's not broken you are not broken like you said we have a lot less control over our health than we're made to believe. Um, and yeah. yeah. So helpful. I, I know. And I, I, this actually leads me to, um, I'd love for you to just kind of share um, any offerings you have where people can find you online, all of that. And I, I know that you have this like body image support group or something like that coming up. Right. So oh, yeah. hear about that as well. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I am, online at homebody therapy that's both my instagram and my website and um, facebook page and 
I just wrapped up one group that I was running specifically for vegans in eating disorder recovery, but I have another group starting in September um, that is a, a body image healing group, and that's open to, to all adults. Um, and yeah, we're, that is exactly why I started that group, because I believe so strongly in community. Um, and so I'm really excited for that. That's awesome. What, like, what format is that going to be? And how are you guys? So we're going to work through a workbook in between sessions so that people are really engaging with this content, um, in between, and then we'll process that together as the group. So it, it should be a, a really nice combination of um, like real sort of concrete tools and steps as well as emotional support and processing. Awesome. Cool. And then do you accept like virtual clients? I do. So um, I am licensed personally in Pennsylvania and Colorado. um, And I have two associates who are both licensed in Pennsylvania. Um, and then I'm occasionally, you know, in certain circumstances, able to work with folks outside of those states, sort of through coaching, which, you know, is slightly different. Um, so yeah. folks are definitely welcome to, to reach out to explore that possibility. But the, the group is probably a really great place to start for anyone who's interested. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jenny. This was great. I'm so glad that we got a chance to connect. Me too. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. All right, guys, that is a wrap on episode 64. To hear more from Jenny, go ahead and check out her Instagram page at Homebody Therapy or go to her website, homebodytherapy.com. If you are interested in joining my Q&A webinar in September, It's on Friday, September 18th from 11 to 12 Eastern time, $10 to register. You can bring all of your intuitive eating and body image questions, and you can easily register by going to my Instagram page, which is theintuitive underscore RD. Click the link in my bio. It'll be the first link, and you can easily just register that way. You'll get the link for the the Zoom meeting. And then finally, if you're interested in more individual coaching, I am accepting new clients right now. Go to my website, theintuitiverd.com, click work with me, and then you submit the form and I'll reach out to you to schedule a 15-minute consult call. All right, guys, I hope you have a good rest of your week and I'll talk to you soon.